More trades. More trade candidates for centre field. We talked about the Premier 2 in yesterday's episode. We're going to carry on with the conversation, really digging into Alec Thomas and Ramon Laureano. Ultimate fit, team selling, gloves good. I think the bat's sneaky good as well. We're going to dig into all of these names plus more on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. This is the Wednesday episode, kind of it's the part two of Wednesday. And if you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. If you are wondering, yes, there is a YouTube channel. If you are watching, hello, greetings. Welcome. And first off, forgot to mention it on the earlier episode, the London Series 2023 tickets uh, were, well, they went on sale. The first version, the pre-sale, I don't know what they do with all these sales tactics. But anyway, tickets went, went on sale for the two-game series for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs in London, in London Stadium in June of 2023. I have secured two sets of two tickets. Myself and Tara are going to be hitting it up. Saturday game, we are... Basically, home plate behind the press box. Couldn't get couldn't get right behind home plate. It was like five hundred bucks a ticket or something. Too much, too much for two for two tickets. Um, like a thousand bucks for two. Come on, for the Cubs cards. Come on. Anyway, Sunday we're down the third baseline, so I'm gonna have to keep my head on a swivel there. Jeremy Tache style. There could be balls flying around everywhere, so I'll, I may even wear a wear a glove. Can you wear gloves? Should you wear gloves? As a 39-year-old man drinking pims and wine all day, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol will be. Nevertheless, tickets secured, London Series coming. Absolutely pumped for that. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for the London Series too, which way and direction they go with with the future clubs. Um, Clearly, the Marlins being an East Coast team, they at least fit the profile in in some ways uh, for London Series games. Uh, Clearly, the lack of fan base and global fan base uh, may hold them back from making that call. They've obviously gone with uh, the big hitters of the Yankees and Red Sox, the Cubs cards. You would maybe assume like the Mets, Phillies could be an interesting one. Uh, Obviously uh, one of the, the ex Phillies guys is, is kind of aligned to to MLB Europe now as well. So uh, let's assume Chase Utley is, is suggesting that the, the Phillies come to town anyway. That was news that dropped. Managed to get some tickets. If you're listening and you are heading to the London series, hit me up and let me know. Looking forward to seeing everyone, as many people as we can, enjoying some baseball, ideally in the sun, um, in the UK, which is a wild experience. Uh, Clearly, I don't know which team I'll be rooting for specifically. I feel like I should be rooting for the Cardinals, mainly because... um, I, you know, I feel like we fleeced them in that that Sandy Alcantara trade, the the Ozuna trade, and I feel like I should just kind of support them for getting fleeced and the the you know the way they helped the Marlins. But anyway, let's carry on the discussion, guys. I've already been through some free agent targets at center field, as as we know, it's a clear priority for the Fish. I also touched on uh, Reynolds 
and Mullins uh, yesterday on yesterday's episode. So we're going to carry on the conversation looking at trade options. So where did my head go next? I, for me, I was looking at things and thinking, who who's selling? Who is like clearly and openly selling? And have they got any good players left? The biggest seller and most obvious seller is the Oakland A's, clearly, right? They absolutely, they hit the reset button. They knew the window was was over. Let's sell and uh, and have a couple of years of pain. Ramon Laureano was suspended, which is probably why he wasn't moved. Uh, but for me, Ramon Laureano on a on an A's team that clearly is not looking to compete at the moment, the Marlins absolutely should be considering Ramon Laureano. Um, the question then is, is how good is Ramon Laureano and is he actually going to be an upgrade for the fish? I think that's an interesting question. Um, he's got a over 10 career war, so let's call that out. He's, he's just moving into arbitration now, so it's um, you know three years of control on him. Um, overall, I mean, yes, okay, suspended and came back um, you know later in the year. Still have an OPS plus of 92 the previous year. Again, um, you know, half a season's worth, 111 OPS plus, uh, the COVID year, 98 OPS plus, and the two years prior to that, uh, OPS plus of 129 exactly in both years. Um, there's okay amount of power. I mean, in, in 2019, there was 24 home runs. Uh, that was when I guess they were you know, kind of pushing on as a, as a club. Uh, 13 home runs last year in, in half a season. So listen, he projects... A 20, 25 home run hitter. I mean, there's there's some power there in the bat for certain. Um, when I started to look at some of the other numbers too, you know, you, you then start to look at hard hard hit percentage. Uh, and Ramon Laureano last year, um, over 35% hard hit percentage, uh, which was 11th uh, for any, any guy that played in center field more than 120 um, at-bats. Um, obviously, Aaron Judge leading the way in that, but you know, he's right up there. He's right up there. He's actually above Julio Rodriguez. He was over, he was above Cody Bellinger. He was above Michael Harris, uh, the second, you know, there's some power in this stick with Laureano. So for me, I think he's been a little bit underrated here. I think, you know, there's a team that's clearly looking to sell. There's a glove that's elite. And there's a guy that has some power in the stick that, you know, let's be honest, you know, the Marlins need some more power. They absolutely do, and I think if they can get that at the um, at the center field position, like clearly that would that would be a benefit. Um, you know, there's obviously some character concerns, perhaps, um, and he obviously is a righty as well from a hitting perspective. So it doesn't really help where the Marlins are trying to look. You know, they're looking to balance their lineup a little bit with some lefties like a Mullins, but Laureano is a righty. Um, I think you know it's we shouldn't disregard him for that. Um, when we also Consider WRC plus from last year, Ramon Laureano 12th, just in behind Reynolds um, and uh, and just above Dylan Carlson, Adolis Garcia, Luis Robert, Cedric Mullins. So listen, guys, the numbers are telling us that Ramon Laureano um, is probably better than we think. And when I when I put it out there, you know, during last year, thinking it was a great fit then, it was when the Marlins maybe were looking to buy at the deadline. Uh, clearly, they then just completely fell away. Like in, they they saw an opportunity. The cliff. It was like they got scared, and the cliff came, and that was the end of the year. But at that time, I was thinking, hey, we still need this center fielder. Ramon Laureano makes a ton of sense. Let's go and pull the trigger. And I remember on Twitter, I got shot down quite a bit. No, everyone was like, hey, no, no, he's not good enough. Um, I think the numbers are telling us he is. 
I think that the numbers are saying that Ramon Laureano would be an upgraded center field. So for me, like, it feels good if the, if the A's are looking to just, you know, cut bait there and move on, get back one or two kind of lower-level prospects because their window is nowhere near now. Like, the Marlins have the ammo to do that, clearly. They absolutely do. So for me, in terms of the cost versus the return, I think this is potentially a stunning opportunity for the Marlins to really upgrade themselves defensively and offensively at the center field position, which is absolutely what we're looking for. Let's not overpay for guys. Let's try and get guys that are undervalued, seemingly. I feel like this feels like Moneyball. Anyway, definitely not going down that pathway. So there's a few other names, clearly, that I want to get into, but... I also want to let you know about our good friends over at Simply Safe. And if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, listen up right now. Locked on Marlins listeners, they can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off right now. It's the biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Tons of reasons why people choose Simply Safe. For me, whole home security, advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when only a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires and other threats to your home. The 24-7 professional monitoring service, it costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's professionally installed system. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I'd recommend. You can get 50% off any new SimpliSafe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Reminder on that one, it is simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. And as they say and I say, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Absolutely love that strap line. Okay, what are you thinking about Ramon Laureano? Have I convinced you? Have I put some numbers out there that may convince you? WRC plus, above average, control, nice. Glove, above average. There's a lot to like here. Uh, hard hit rates. Nice. Let's have a look at line drive percentage just finally on that one. Oh, he's not on the first page, so that's not good. So, <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, it was going so well. Okay, so let me flex over to Alec Thomas because he's a name that, that I've been getting excited about um, for various reasons. And this is where, this, this is a kind of trade... A bit similar to where we were at with uh, Brandon Marsh, right? Where you've got a guy that is, you know, still early and is, you know, he's pretty much still a prospect in many ways, which is kind of what Brandon Marsh was uh, a couple of deadlines ago when the Marlins were, were looking to do a deal for Max Meyer at that point. Um, this, so this is a different type of situation. This is different to, um, this is different to Marlins and to Reynolds, Laureano, Robert. All of these guys we're talking about, like, which have got track records of performance that you can kind of put a marker in the ground and say, we expect that kind of production from this guy. Alec Thomas, we don't have that. We don't. What we have is obviously a, a, a high prospect ranking, um, et cetera, et cetera. And also we've got clearly some really nice minor league production. So the question there is, can... Can the minor league production and talent, can it play at the major league level? And if so, can the Marlins try and swing a deal to get a guy with, in effect, five years, I think it's five years of control, um, and do a deal with the Diamondbacks, who clearly need some pitching at this point as well? It's funny, right? Everyone needs pitching. So that's the beauty. Um, when we look at Thomas, though, for me, I, I really like I really like the profile. 
you know, it's it's going to be a risk. Like we have to call it out. Like going down this pathway, it will be a risk um, versus other guys out there. There's no sure things. But when you look at what he was doing in Double A AA and Triple A, like the numbers just absolutely kind of jump off the page to you in terms of the hit tool. Um, you know, the the on base skills. WRC plus was absolutely insane. You know, when he got to the major league level, and you know, he he played in what. 100, 100 odd games, just over 100 games. So, you know, we've got a decent body of work there. He hit 231 um, with a, uh, a 275 OBP and a slug of 344, a WRC plus of 71. So, overall, offensively, not good. Defensively, very good. Very good. And the question the Marlins have got to look at and consider is can, can they unlock some of the minor league skills? He's only youngster. He's only like 22. So can they unlock the minor league skills with and pair that with an elite glove and speed? For me, he's like the prototypical, you know, on-base um, leadoff hitter, which is exactly what the Marlins need. Multi-years of control. Overall, this feels like it could be a win, but it's a risk. It's the same type of risk they took with Jazz Chisholm Jr., where you like the profile, you know, at that point, Jazz hadn't been in the major leagues, but had kind of had a bit of a funky year in in the minor leagues. But the Marlins liked the profile, like what they'd saw as well in in previous years, and they made the move. Obviously, at that point, Gallon, but we'd already seen Gallon at the major league level. So from the Diamondbacks, they were kind of knowing a bit more what they were getting. And I wonder if they go a little bit in reverse here now, where we we kind of know a little bit what we're getting with Thomas, and we send maybe to the Diamondbacks. Maybe you could do a deal with the Diamondbacks of, of a pitcher who's on the cusp. Um, to get a deal done here. I don't know, but clearly they need to move an outfield. They've got too many. There's obviously too much too much talent, too much depth. So, you know, for me, this is one, and I spoke about it, you know, can you do a deal to get the first baseman as well? Can you do one of the the, the bigger pitcher names for the Marlins, for Alec Thomas and the, the first baseman and look to upgrade two spots, uh, maybe add in some, some prospects too? Um, I don't know if the Marlins are going to go down that path. We'll wait and see. But for me... With Alec Thomas, I think it's. I just I, I like the risk. I'd like us to take the risk on a on a whether it's a buy low. I mean, the at the end of the day, he's still a highly touted prospect that's had wonderful minor league numbers, um, and it's got five years of control remaining. So it's not like it's a it's a dirt cheap cost, but at the same time, I do wonder if they can find some value. I think that's it. It's trying to find the value play here. And that's what they have to do. And they're not buying at peak value. Alec Thomas has come up to the major league level, put 400 at-bats on tape. And in reality, it hasn't been good. Hasn't been good. Does that mean the Marlins should trade for him? Don't know. Should they take the risk? Maybe they should. Maybe they should. There's a few reasons to to consider taking the risk anyway. Um, What about other names that pop out to you? Um, And again, there's... There's a good number of them. I think one of the other names that really buzzed, uh, I would say anyway, when when I kind of put this out there, um, was uh, Luis Robert. So, you know, is is Luis Robert, is he going to be uh, available from the White Sox? I think that's one of the first questions, considering, um, you know, they had obviously a, a bit of a disappointing year making a managerial change. Is Robert going to be available? If he is, I mean... He's an interesting profile, right? You know, hits the ball pretty hard. He hits it in the air um, or line drives. So, you know, he looks to be a nice profile there. Uh, I'm not convinced that the White Sox are going to be selling yet at that point. Um, 
and uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. Trent Grisham as well, another interesting name. I think the defense is very nice for Grisham. Um, he takes a walk as well. That's the other thing with Grisham when I looked at him um, was the walk. The walks were, you know, not quite Brandon Nimmo-like, but, you know, for Grisham, they were up there. The, bat- the batting average was not good, though, by the way. It hit 182 or whatever. So that was not optimal. But Grisham can take a walk. The defense, again, is good. What are the Padres doing? That is, again, another question. They've got Soto out there now as well. Um, I'm intrigued to see what the Padres do. I, I'm, You know, it is possible that, that he could be available. Um, but, you know, what about Robert? What about, what about Grisham? I'm not as excited by those guys, I would say. Um, I'm certainly more excited about taking a punt on Alec Thomas. Or I'm more excited about um, going down a pathway with Ramon Laureano from a team that's selling. Um, let's have a quick pause before we finish off with one or two other guys and let you know about our good friends over at Bet Online. And betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at betonline.net. And they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so there's, I mean, the other thing to call out, this is what I mentioned on yesterday's show, there's just so many options here. There's so many guys that you actually think could do a job, like even looking at like a a Michael A. Taylor. Like Michael A. Taylor overall has been has been fine, at, you know, with center field. So, you know, you kind of disregard these guys. Um, in some ways, and then you actually think, hmm, maybe there's something there with with Michael A. Taylor. I mean, he's had a WRC plus of 90. We talked about Kevin Kiermeyer in the free agent uh, pool. Yes, he's been dealing with injuries, but a 93 WRC plus. You know, that's the tw- that's 25th overall. You know, if you see something there, can you make it happen? Like I said, I think for the Marlins, they they just don't have the flexibility in in the outfield to carry him. They're going to need an everyday player, um, and you know, really. Like, there's some obvious standouts. A lot of people saying about Adolis Garcia uh, with the Rangers, they seem to like as well. Um, I'm not certain if the Rangers are going to be selling at this point. Like, my sense would be the Rangers are going to look to add some pitching is all the indications and kind of go for it at this point. So I'd I'd be shocked if if they do. Um, There's one other name that I did want to call out, and it's Starling Marte. Starling Marte. What are you saying? I mean, what? why would the Mets sell him? Good question. Um, they probably won't, but I did want to call out that he, again, had another stunning year um, at a 1-3-2 OPS+. Plus. Uh, he's got another year, couple of years to run on this contract that the Marlins didn't want to give him. Um, but the thing with Marte, I mean, this all kind of centers around Nimmo. If the Mets end up re-signing Nimmo to a long-term deal, um, kind of locking up that center field spot, the question I've got is, do the Mets really need Starling Marte? Do they need him? Is, is he wasted in right field? He probably is. He probably is. And then the question then comes of, you know, what else have they got coming in the system? Do they want to have you know the full outfield kind of locked up forever? I don't know. I'm I don't think it's it's likely to happen. But but you never know. You never know. And it does hinge on Brandon Nimmo in terms of whether they perhaps consider Moving Starling Marte, I don't know. Maybe he's got a no-trade clause. But I wanted to call it out that Starling Marte remains a stud. The Mets 
gazumped the Marlins financially. But if he all of a sudden becomes uh, expendable, then the Marlins perhaps could sneak in there and get him back, and maybe the Mets could retain some of the dough. I don't know. Um, that's going to wrap us up for today's episode, guys. Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. I think for me, center field is exciting. There are many, many ways the Marlins can go. And actually, it is a bit deeper and more available than I'd anticipated before I started this process. And the other thing to call out, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, we are undervaluing Brian De La Cruz. When you look at the numbers in general, he's an absolute stud. Is he a center fielder? Probably not. But we also need a left fielder. So Brian De La Cruz into left, Avi Garcia, skinny Avi into right. That's another topic I want to get into in another day, by the way. Skinny Avi... What kind of profile player is he trying? Is he trying to become a leadoff hitter? Like, as Avi Garcia, I'm very intrigued to see what his body and what shape he's in going into the year. Like, he's lost a ton of weight. And how does that impact his game? Good or bad? We saw the grounders to third all year long, and he looks sluggish and whatever. But has Avi Garcia gone too far? We'll ask that question another day and get into it. And I think we actually need to, to get our eyeballs on him and see what he looks like with a stick in his hand again. Like, you know, it's it's probably a little bit unfair because Jose Altuve, one of the smallest frame dudes out there, is, is an absolute stud. So I shouldn't make any assumptions. But, you know, Avi is really slimmed down and very intrigued to see what he can do. But we he's locked in at right field because the Marlins are paying in the dough. Brian De La Cruz clearly is, I think, locked in in left field right now. What can they do in center field? There's a ton of options. There's free agents. The Marlins sound like they could be spending after they go after Jose Abreu. Don't get it done. But to me, they are spending. Equally, they're looking to trade. Can they buy low on guys? That is it. You need to look for the value. Not buying guys at their peak and not spending after a career year. Like I said about Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo is not worth the contract he would get, in my opinion, because he's injured too much. Yes, he's had a good year, but he's hurt too much. Ramon Laureano, a lot of negativity around him because of, you know, it's been a bit average with the stick, so so to speak, but and, and obviously the suspension. But for me, the team is selling, the player is legit, the control is right. Ramon Laureano, for me, I'm going to call it right now. If they can't go, uh, get, well, if they don't go down the pathway of Alec Thomas and take a punt there on the five years of control and see if they can convert the, the, the minor league numbers into major league numbers, then for me, Ramon Laureano is probably the best fit for the Marlins unless they want to completely blow the checkbook out there and go for Cedric Mullins or Brian Reynolds. So many names, so many options. Winter meetings are coming, and I think that is perfect timing for Kim to get in the mix, get some deals going, and really shake this roster up and get this centerpiece really solidified for the Marlins heading to 2023. We'll see you tomorrow, guys.